Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Get ready, Vikings Nation! Welcome to Purple and Gold for Days. Where my friend and yours, Mr. Justin Day dives headfirst into the purple and gold universe, delivering the latest updates and commentary on your favorite team, the Minnesota Vikings. What's going on, everybody? This is Justin from Purple and Gold for Days, and this is a Vikings First and Scold production. What is going on, everybody? It is great to have you with me. The Vikings get their second victory of the season against their second high-grade opponent. Oh, wait. Ha! Not really. No, not really. We're going to get into this game. We're going to get into what this game means, not only for the short term, but the long term as well. We're going to start with what? The NFC North Roundup. We all know the Vikings beat the Bears and the Packers were off this week. The Detroit Lions went down to Tampa Bay. And won 20 to 6. <laughs> this division isn't over, over, but it's getting close to being over. You know, I didn't want to admit it at the start of the season that this was going to be Detroit's year to uh, be Kings of the North. I thought that was going to be next year, but six points they gave up. Their defense is legit in the Buccaneers building. The team has scored 20 against us. At the end of the day, if it's not us, I always say what? Anybody but Green Bay. So congratulations to the Lions. The Minnesota Vikings are now 2-0 against teams that are 1-11. and 
oh, the Vikings were two and four in 1999, and then Jeff George replaced Randall Cunningham, and we went eight and two and got a wild card spot and got into the divisional round of the playoffs. So we can do that again, right? Probably not. Would it be an amazing turnaround? Yes. Would it be worth it to just lose in the wild card division round of the playoffs? I don't think so. Some others might. Now, let me start off by saying this. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, whether you want to lose games to get a better draft pick or if you want to just keep on trying to win, whichever side of the aisle you're on, I don't care. But I don't want to hear from either side who's a fan and who's not and who's a good fan and who's a bad fan or who's a bandwagon fan. I am so sick to death about hearing that. It is almost as infuriating as the Civil War over Kirk Cousins. I don't care. Both sides are entitled to their opinion because we all have the same goal. We want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl before we die. We just want to see them win a Super Bowl. So, yes, if you believe that it's better to finish with seven wins and be in the mediocre again, great. I don't agree with that. I think that once it's apparent that the season just is what it is, I'm never going to cheer for losses, but what I am going to be is like, I'm not disappointed when they lose because this team needs a lot of holes filled. It is in massive, massive despair. And I know we don't want to say that, but congratulations to the Minnesota Vikings. You barely squeaked out a victory against the Bears yesterday. You barely squeaked out a victory against the Carolina Panthers. Whoopty ding dong. 2-0 and against teams that are 11-1. and Hang the banner. Some of y'all want to say, hey, we can get back into this. And San Francisco is injured and they're they're vulnerable. Do they still have their offensive and defensive lines, ladies and gentlemen? Because if they do, it don't matter. They have Debo Samuel and run DMC. With Debo Samuel and run DMC, I would pick the 49ers to win by 17 to 21 points. Without those two guys, I pick them to win by 7 to 10. So, spoiler alert for when I give my predictions, unless something comes up between now and Monday night uh, when we do the, the prediction segment. Yeah, the San Francisco 49ers are not vulnerable. In fact, they're pissed off because their kicker missed a daggone 41-yard field goal, and now they're no longer undefeated. See, you never want the team you're about to face the following week to win, to lose because then they're pissed off. You want them to win if you want to have a shot at beating them, particularly when they're the superior team. If you think that this team can rally like the 1999 team did with Jeff George, Chris Carter, Randy Moss, Robert Smith, John Randall, Robert Griffith, um, Jerry Ball, and company, okay, okay. I don't mind the optimism. I don't agree with it. Again, I'm not cheering for losses. I'm just saying we've beaten two god-awful teams. As I said on Thursday, we are bottom feeders. And I know that is very difficult for some people to hear and even more difficult for some people to admit. But let, let's go through Chicago real quick. I'm not even go through Carolina. All I'm going to say on Carolina is Detroit did what it was supposed to do and won 42 to 24 and just molly whopped them while we beat them by one score. Oh, wow. Here's the Bears' god-awful defense. Gives up 38 points in week one to Jordan Love, by the way. Gives up 27 points to the Buccaneers, 41 to the Chiefs, 31 to the Broncos, and 20 to the Washington Commanders, which means the Minnesota Vikings against that vaunted Bears' god-awful defense. Not the 85 Bears, not the mid-2000 Bears, but the 2023 Bears, who were 
either last or second to last defensively going into this week, we score a whopping 19 points, zero offensive points in the second half against a backup quarterback that nobody heard of out of a division two school. And you couldn't score any offensive points. I mean, again, the Vikings should have, again, you should have beat Carolina by at least 10 to 14 points. You should have beat Chicago by at least 10 to 14 points. I know. Oh, we don't have Justin Jefferson out there. Okay. But again, these are two bad teams. And that's why we're a bad team. Hopefully we can get it turned around. I'd love to see it get turned around. I'd love to actually have wins against halfway decent teams to be able to talk about. Say, hey, the Vikings performed really well today. Well, 1-11. and That's the combined records of the team we've beaten. And some of y'all think we can go to the playoffs. Okay. Playoffs? We'll talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Another game. We're going to get positive for a minute or two here. We're going to get positive. Who gets the game balls? Well, second runner-up, Daniil Hunter. Seven tackles, six solos, two sacks, two tackles for loss, two quarterback sets, and one pass defense. I will say this. I love Daniil Hunter. I wish that instead of just renegotiating his deal, the Vikings would have actually given him a long-term contract. And if we get mollywopped, as I anticipate, by San Francisco, and if we lose to Green Bay, I'm sorry, you got to move this guy and wish him the best. But my gosh, he was a man-child yesterday. He was an absolute man-child. There's not much else to say. This guy is almost about to pass Jared Allen in sacks. Almost. And he's a lot younger. He's doing it in fewer games. This guy's a beast. Absolutely beast. Second runner-up goes to Byron Murphy, who got the game-sealing interception. In fact, the most ridiculous part of that is that he fumbled. And we all thought that the Bears were going to recover it because that would be such a Vikings thing to intercept the pass. And he's running when after about 10 or 15 yards, he probably should have gone down. But hey, we got the recovery. We got the victory. Byron Murphy gets the uh, first runner-up as far as who gets the game ball. I'm pretty sure it's easy to figure out who gets the game ball. And that, of course, is Mr. Hicks. And I'm calling him Mr. Hicks because... He's the boss last uh, yesterday. He absolutely dominated that game defensively. An interception, fumble return for a touchdown. It was the only points we got in the second half, by the way, because our offense sure didn't do diddly-poo, but I digress. Kevin O'Connell was gushing about uh, Mr. Hicks, so let's, uh, let's hear what he had to say real quick. He's basically a unanimous captain voted by his teammates, and, and he's somebody that I really lean on. It's just he's seen so much football. He's been so productive for a long time. He's our green dot. But what Jordan did today kind of rivaled what Harry uh, did against the Panthers. He was not going to be denied a chance to be the guy to go out there and respond. How he was on the sideline, how he was all week in prep as one of our you know core leaders showing up the way he did today. You know, there are a lot of times where Kevin O'Connell can just give a lot of coach speech and we're going to talk about him and we're going to talk about cousins in here in just a couple of moments, but he could not have anything more to say about Jordan Hicks than he did. And frankly, I can't either. <laughs> What's really funny about it is the vast majority of Vikings nation thought that Hicks should be the one to get cut and that we should have kept Eric Hendricks. Well, unanimous, unanimous vote to be a captain. Well-deserved and well-deserved game ball, Mr. Hicks. Well-deserved. Offensive offense. Kevin O'Connell was brought in here 
as the antithesis to the defensive coach that was Mike Zimmer, the antithesis to the tyrant Mike Zimmer. And now he's going to be the player's coach and he's going to empower everybody. This offense is pitiful. Pitiful. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. There's no two ways around it. I'm sorry if that upsets people. I'm sorry if you don't want to hear how pathetic this offense is. It's just terrible. Tell me what other superlative or description I should use. Let's start out with our running game. Alexander Madison, love you, bruh. I said I think he can fill the number one running back shoes. No disrespect to him as a person, as we have said uh, on multiple channels here. We got to meet Alexander Madison's father. We've had him on our shows a couple of times. We got to meet him at Skullfest. So this is nothing personal. This is just I'm a content creator, and I got to give my opinion. Alexander, we tried to make you the number one running back, and it's just not working, dude. It's just not working. It, it, there's no there's no other two ways to say it. Let Cam Cook get Cam Akers the starting job. Put Alexander Madison back to the backup role that he is used to, where you got a little thunder and lightning. I know that's cliche to say, but l- let Cam Akers start. Give him the bulk of the carries and then bring Addison in as the change of pace back because he can't handle the running back one. He just can't. We've got enough evidence after six games that even again, yeah, he had some nice runs yesterday here or there, but he's he's not good in his blocking assignments. He's missed a couple. Um, he keeps dropping passes because he's running without the ball, and then all of a sudden, oh, crap. Last week, had a touchdown or at least a first and goal at the five. I'll remind people that had Alexander Madison scored a touchdown on that, Patrick Mahomes would have still had three minutes, so everybody wants to say, oh, we would have won that game. If Alexander Madison hadn't dropped the ball, stop the cap. Kirk Cousins, is it all his fault? No. Because, God dang it, we've always got a preference. Everything we say about Kirk Cousins with, it's not all his fault. But we are at the end of the road. Although we've come to the end of the road. Oh, my gosh. I can let go of Kirk Cousins at this point. And, you know, Dave from First and Skull said, hey, you know, studies have statistically shown that when a quarterback hits the age of 35, they start to fall off the cliff. And he's just falling off the cliff. Or something's not clicking. I don't know what it is. He doesn't have as much zip on the ball. He's a little late on balls. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you scored a touchdown to Jordan Addison. Missed the extra point. Extra point was blocked. That's not his fault. Okay. You go into half. And what do we always say? You want to have the last possession of the first half and the first possession of the second half so you can double dip, right? Okay. So we get the ball coming out the sec- out of the half, and we go three and out. It was a pitiful, pitiful, pitiful drive. So you give up your advantage. Let's go through the Vikings second half possessions. I already said it three times. They scored zero points in the second half offensively. Zero. You had six possessions. One of them was a six-play drive that ultimately ended in a missed field goal, although I disagree with Kevin O'Connell for even sending Greg Joseph out there. You got a terrible quarterback. Just pin him deep. Don't go for a 50 – what was it, 58 yards? Okay. But the other five possessions, one was the last possession after the Byron Murphy interception where you're just trying to run out the clock, and they did. The other four possessions were all three and outs. Three and out. Three and out. Three and out. Three and out. Seriously, against the Chicago Bears' god-awful defense. How? How is that possible? 
All I heard this offseason was, oh, this is going to be great for Kirk finally having the same coordinator or the same play caller for the second year in a row for the first time in his career. That's the bullshit that was shoved down our throats by the Kirk stands and the optimists. Okay, fine. I'll listen to that. Uh, Kevin O'Connell, he empowers Kirk to make decisions at the line of scrimmage. You mean like spiking the ball after converting a fourth down because you can't hear because the crowd is cheering for you? Yes, you converted a fourth down to extend the game and you expect the crowd to instantaneously be quiet? I mean, come on. You've been in this league for over a decade. And you, okay. And you want to know what's funny about Kirk? All offseason, I heard, well, if we get Kirk a decent offensive line, and if we get Kirk just an, even an average defense, he could lead us to a Super Bowl. And we've never had that combination. Well, last I checked, the defense was 15th. That's average out of 32 teams 15, 16, 17. That's your average. Okay. Our offensive line has actually been playing pretty good. Yes, there are occasions where one or two plays get blown up. That happens, and it doesn't just exclusively happen to Kirk. Oh, well, Kirk's had a lot of drops. Every quarterback has, once in a while, gets a drop pass. Has Kirk had an unusually high number? I wouldn't say that. It's, you know, it's higher than we want it to be. And again, you know, TJ Hawkinson has a prime example that we, we talked about a moment ago. Yeah. TJ needs to figure out what's wrong with himself right now because he's dropping way too many passes. And yes, Alexander Madison dropping some passes. And yeah, okay, there's drop passes. You're an NFL quarterback for over a decade. You can't just say, oh, well, my receivers are dropping passes left and right. There were many clean pockets yesterday for Kirk Cousins to do something with. And he didn't do it with, he didn't do anything with him. I'm sorry. It's one excuse after another. So when it's pointed out to Kirk stands, oh, well, it looks like he's got a pretty good offensive line and he's got an average defense. Well, yeah, but, you know, we're turning the ball over so much. One excuse after another. Aren't you sick and tired of making excuses? Because I'm sick and damn tired of hearing them. Okay. I'm not trying to be ultra negative. I'm just giving you my opinion. I'm just keeping it real. At this point, move on. I've said it before. I'll say it again. There was a report that Kirk Cousins said he would not waive his no trade clause. And when he was asked that by Kevin Seifert from ESPN, he dodged the question. Was he dodging the question because he already knows the Vikings are trying something and he doesn't want to torpedo his trade value or, you know, torpedo wherever he might want to go? Maybe. Is he serious about it? Probably. I'll say it again. Kirk Cousins, you have every right to exercise your no trade clause. You negotiated it as part of your contract. I do not begrudge you that. I think, you know, at this point, you should want to get out of here with where this team is at. But that's the problem with Kirk. He's comfortable. Kirk just likes being comfy. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. 
And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. That's why the Wills love them so much. But anyway, Kirk, you said, no, I don't want to be traded. I don't want to be traded. I'm comfortable right here where I'm at. Okay, you know what I'd do? I said it before. I'll say it again. I go up to Kirk. I'd be like, hey, we're not re-signing you at the end of the year. I know you don't want to go anywhere because you don't want to uproot your family, and I can respect that. But if you don't give us a list of teams we can trade you to, you're going to be the most expensive backup quarterback because we benching your ass and we putting Jaron Hall in. If you lose to San Francisco, that should be Katie bar the door. That should be trade Daniel Hunter, trade Harrison Smith. If you can get something for him, KJ Osborne. And they're going to say, well, with Justin Jefferson gone, if we trade KJ Osborne, we don't have anyone. Who cares? KJ Osborne's going to be gone next year. You don't let the fact that Justin Jefferson is injured dissuade you from getting a return on an asset that's about to expire. So you know what? I don't care that JJ's hurt. You got other wide receivers. Put the Jackson boys in there. I don't give a damn. But I would go to Kirk and be like, hey, we're trading off Daniel Hunter. We're trading off Harrison Smith. We're going to trade off KJ. Uh, you really want to stick around? Yes, I do. I'm exercising my right of my no trade clause. All right. Sit your ass down on the bench. Sit your ass down. Collect your money. But guess what? you're not going to be able to put on tape something for your pending free agency that you can go to other teams and get your three-year bag because you want one more contract and you ain't getting it from us. And if this team resigns Kirk Cousins, I-, I will flip a gasket. I will flip a gasket because you ain't going anywhere with this guy. Part of it is him. Part of him is his timidness. Kirk Cousins, this goes all the way back to Michigan State. When he's down 14 points, he's he's really, really good. When he's tied, he's pretty good. When he's up by 14, he's horrible. Why is that? Because he's afraid of making a mistake. He's more concerned about not making mistakes than he is about making a good play. That's reality. Again, I'm not saying that makes him a bad person. I'm not saying anything else other than the fact that we never blow teams out. And when we're up, he plays scared. How many checkdowns did we have yesterday? How many? And there were times where receivers were open. This notion that, oh, the offensive line didn't give him a whole lot of time. Bullshit. Bullshit. They had plenty of plays where they got clean pockets. And what the hell is this backward pass because you were about to get sacked? I thought you got that shit out of your system a few years ago in Seattle where you threw it behind Latavius Murray behind the line of scrimmage. We got so lucky that that Chicago Bear player didn't quite get control of that fumble. Kirk, you have been in this league for over a decade. I get it. If you were looking straight down and you saw somebody and you flipped it out, you know, it's kind of like that Kansas City one where it ultimately came back because of holding, where he literally took his hands and just pushed the ball ahead. That was a great play. But I'm just like, you're just going to willy-nilly throw it behind your head to, to not take a sec. What the hell are you thinking, dude? What the hell are you thinking? Well, I know what you're thinking. You're you're just a guy who works here. You're just running out your contract. You know damn well the Vikings are not going to give you a new contract. They would have given it to you already. The Vikings offered him a one-year contract. He said, no, I want three. So he knows the Vikings are not going to give him a three-year deal. And the Vikings know Kirk is not going to give him a discount. They're just running this out. 
they are just they are like a couple who is about to get divorced, but they're living in the same house while they're separated. There's they're a separated couple, but they're just living under the same house. The point I'm making is simply this: go to Kirk, tell him you're gonna get benched. We wanna see what we got with Jaron Hall. Some would say that's distasteful. I don't. I would say that's a good business decision. You want to find out what Jaron Hall got. Because if he's got something, then you don't have to draft a quarterback in the first round. And if he's got nothing, then you know. We don't know anything about Jaron Hall. With all due respect to my guy, Mike Castellino, who says he's already done with Jaron Hall. He was a fifth-round pick. He didn't show me anything. Whatever. Dude, come on. Come on. I'd bench him. Or I'd threaten to bench him. I'd be like, hey, you want to just sit here and do nothing? Is that what you want? Because that's what we're going to do. We're going to put Jaron Hall in there. You're going to sit on the bench. So give me a list of teams that you'll be able to wait, you know, trade clause to get your agent on the phone with those teams to try to get you an extension. Cause I know you want your extension before you waive, you know, trade clause. And again, let me be clear. I understand that. And I don't blame him for that. Not at all, but no, I am not going to be beholden to this guy. I am not going to let him paralyze this franchise for the next 11 games. Nah, I'm sorry. You want to exercise your rights? Fine. We're going to exercise our rights. That's what I would do. Before you did, and now you don't. What am I referring to? I'm referring to the possibility of Kwesi Adolfa Menza trading people who are on the last year of their contract and who will most likely not be here next year. Let's go through that list one more time. Daniil Hunter, he's the obvious one. Most likely Harrison Smith fits that category too, but definitely KJ Osborne. Definitely Jordan Hicks and definitely Ezra Cleveland. Now, Ezra Cleveland, don't know the extent of the injury he suffered yesterday. And by the way, good to see Dalton Reisner finally, but I digress. The point I'm making is this. People's like, you can't trade. What does that say? That says you're giving up on the season. Yeah, probably. So what? You're giving up on another mediocre season at best. Could this team mess around and get seven wins? Probably. Let's say you beat Green Bay twice. You beat Chicago again. And let's just say you beat Atlanta. And let's say you beat Denver. Well, that's seven wins right there. Who cares? And if you end up eight and nine or nine and eight, and you're one game out of the wild card spot, no, we tried. We were close. I don't care about trying. I don't care about being close. As as Master Yoda would say, do or do not, there is no try. I don't care about trying to be mediocre. That's the thing. Oh, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me wanting my team to win? What's wrong with that? Nothing. If you want the short-term high of being a mediocre team as opposed to being a bad team, the long-term, which is no guarantee that you're going to be better, but it gets you out of mediocrity. Being mediocre is the worst place. I've said this a million GD times. Being in the middle is worse than being bad because being bad gives you a better opportunity to become good. You stuck in the middle. You always stuck in the middle. You ain't getting out of the middle. You're not. So what do I mean by before you did and now you don't? Here's what I'm going to say to all the Kirk stands and all of the Vikings fans that say, no, 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 we're not giving up on this season. We got to keep trying and we got to push forward. And we're coming up on the easy part of our schedule. As I've said about a half dozen times, everybody else is saying they're coming up on an 
easy part of their schedule because they had the Vikings on it, who have only beat two teams who are one and eleven. We already talked about that. Anyway, let Quazy make these trades. And by the way, to all of those people that think you shouldn't be trading off to Neil Hunter and all the other people I've mentioned, you're the same group of people that got pissed off that Quazy Adolfo Mensa didn't get anything for Dalvin Cook and didn't get anything for Adam Thielen and didn't get anything for Eric Hendricks. Cook in particular. Supposedly, there was an offer on the table from Miami. We don't know if that's true or not because I heard it was like a third-round pick. Quazy would have been an idiot not to take that. I don't think it was a third-round pick on the table. I think it was a fifth-round pick, plus Miami wanted us to carry some of uh, Dalvin Cook's salary. That's why I didn't do it. But my point is this. If you're going to rip Quazy, for not getting something for Dalvin Cook and not getting something for Thielen and Kendricks. How in the hell are you going to be pissed off if he trades some players who are not going to be on this team next year? As I've said a million times, it's like running a business. You have assets and liabilities. Your assets depreciate. And at some point, your asset runs out of a useful life. And you can either run it into the ground and then just scrap it and get nothing in return or you can sell off that asset while it still has some value. It's as simple as that. And you're going to yell at Quazy for not getting anything for Dalvin Cook, but then get pissed off if he tries to get something for these other players. Explain to me. And we all know the real answer to that. It's, well, we can't trade Kurt. It's all about Kurt. We all know that. But nevertheless, if you're going to be mad at Quazy for not getting something for these players in the offseason, don't be mad. Equizito Fomenza, if he trades off some players. That's all I got on that subject for now, anyway. But we'll see because we're coming up on it. Uh, Halloween night. That's the trade deadline or Halloween at 4 p.m. Central Time, I think. And that's just two weeks away. So you're going to get the San Francisco game one week from tonight. And then you're going to have a six day turnaround against Green Bay. And. Studies have statistically shown that the week after playing San Francisco, a lot of times the team loses because they've just gotten done getting beat up by San Francisco's offensive and defensive lines that are extremely physical. So let's say you lose both games and you're two and six and you got two days to make trades. If you lose to San Francisco, if I'm crazy, I start making calls before the Green Bay game, before the Green Bay game. Why would you why would you let assets walk out the door for nothing? Why? Makes no sense to me. We should just play the season out and we could just trade up and get the guy we want. Did you ever consider the possibility and the likelihood that maybe you don't find a team to trade up with because teams don't want to trade down because they want to pick some guy? You have to find a willing trade partner. And then if you do find a partner that's willing to trade, they know you're desperate. So they're going to try to rip you off. Let's say you wanted to trade up to the number five pick and you had the 17th pick. Okay, so we'll give you the 17th pick and we'll give you a first round next year and a third round the year after that. I don't want to give up extra draft picks to move up. I want to keep those draft picks and use them to bolster this roster. So, yes, I'd rather just fall into the fifth pick as opposed to 15 to 19 because I don't want to trade up. That requires you giving up more assets that could be used to get players. So I don't want to hear about this. Well, we could just trade up. I'm sorry. We tried to trade up this year, but the teams at the top wanted too much. 
We tried to trade up to, well, they said it was Bryce Young, and fine if it was, or if it, either one, I said, I'll take any one of those three. I wanted Anthony Richardson, and I don't care that he's hurt right now because he wouldn't have been playing this year because he would have been sitting behind Kirk, other than maybe some goal line carries. But my point is this ridiculous notion of, oh, we should just play it out and let the chips fall where we make because we can just trade up. And what if it costs you three first round picks to trade up as opposed to just landing? naturally with a natural tear down you know what if you got rid of hunter and you got rid of harrison smith and you got rid of kj osborne you're just gonna naturally you're just gonna naturally not win as many games and again let me be clear for everybody in the back and the front and anywhere in between i'm not cheering for losses i don't want to have a god-awful season that's not what i want but if it's gonna happen anyway then embrace it I'd rather be biblically bad for one year as opposed to being kind of bad for two or three years. I don't understand why people would want to go two or three years being bad if you could get all of your bad out in one year. Yeah, we've already endured a terrible two and four start. We've already endured a bad season and the outlook doesn't look good. I don't care what anybody else said. Oh, well, at two and five, we got the two and five is like two and four because we got the 17th game now. Okay. And what does that get you? Mediocrity. How many times I got to say dare to be great, not dare to be mediocre. So again, I don't want them to lose, but I'm willing to accept it. I'm willing to accept short-term pain for long-term gain. And that long-term gain might not be realized immediately. It might take a year or two to realize that long-term game. I agree with you. It's not going to get turned around in one year. And that doesn't mean that I like the idea of losing. I hate it. Ask anybody in my life, what is Justin like when he plays a game of chess or plays a card game? Oh, Justin gets way to hell too competitive. We're playing a game of hearts and he's getting pissed off that he's losing. Oh, we're playing a game of Monopoly, and if Justin's winning, he can, well, you know, he he's, he doesn't, like, be boisterous about it. He just kind of sits there and smiles. But if he's losing, don't be around him when he's losing. I hate losing. I almost, that's the thing that Michael Jordan once said when, when, when somebody asked him, hey, what, what, what makes you, you know, what you are? And he says, I think I hate losing more than I love winning. Okay. If anybody there, here, there, or anywhere, thinks that I like the prospect of losing, you're crazy. Thank you kindly for joining me today. Please follow me on YouTube, Purple and Gold for Days. And for now, skull to the next episode. You're listening to Purple and Gold for Days, a Vikings First and Skull production. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This has been a Vikings First and Skull production. Thanks for listening.